The Dallas Stars play their next two games in Southern California against the Anaheim Ducks. And on today's show, we will take a look at both those games with the host of Locked on Anaheim Ducks, Jason J.D. Hernandez. We will talk about the Ducks and how they look post-trade deadline. We'll talk about the Stars and the moves that they've made recently to be where they're at in the playoff race. And then, of course, give you our predictions on the game. All of that coming up on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars, hockey credential member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Tuesday, March 29th, almost to the end of the month of March, which you would think would mean the Stars will be back home soon, but they have their next four on the road, starting tonight in Anaheim against the Ducks, and then again on Thursday in Anaheim against the Ducks. And in just a moment, I'll be joined by Jason J.D. Hernandez, host of Locked on Ducks, to talk about these matchups. But before we jump into that, got to say thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars for making us your first listen of the day, whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well as the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform and leave a rating or review if you like what you hear. You can also find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis and our show at Locked on Stars. But without any further hesitation, let's get into today's crossover episode with Locked on Ducks. Welcome in, everybody. This is Dane Lewis, host of Locked on Stars, joined now by host of Locked on Anaheim Ducks, Jason J.D. Hernandez. And uh, I know he has a special guest. Those of you watching on YouTube can see. Uh, Jason, how are you doing today? Doing all right. One one of the dogs here is just, oh, she's, you know what? She's tired of the Ducks losing all these games, nine <laughs> losses in a row. Might be 10. That's uh, yeah. And I mean, they're playing the same opponent, you know, over the next two games. So almost like a weird uh, two game series in baseball or a back to back yeah. in the NBA. I know we saw that a lot last season in both the NHL and NBA with the, you know, the the restructuring of the schedule and and conferences. So, you it's know, like old times. Yeah. Yeah. Sort they, of. A little bit of a nostalgia, I guess, if you will, for for these teams in the upcoming yeah. days, and maybe just uh, the NHL trying to make up for lost time because these teams, the Stars and the Ducks, haven't played since January 9th, uh, back in twenty twenty. Uh, you know, that's the last time they met up with the division realignment. So, you know, making up for lost time with this matchup and on uh, Thursday's matchup as well. It'll it'll be a fun throwback to playing Vegas twice in a row or Colorado twice in a row. Or Minnesota twice in a row, <laughs> not good memories. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. Not not too much better where the stars were at with Tampa Bay, Carolina, uh, Nashville. Even was a was a struggle for us last year at times. So nice to finally be getting back to normal in the NHL this season, getting to play everybody, uh, the good and the bad. And I know that you know Anaheim's kind of in a, a weird spot right now. And kind of the first question I have for you about this team is, what is you know been. What is what have the new ducks kind of looked like after the trade deadline? I mean, Josh Manson, Hampus Lindholm, uh, just to name a few. I mean, several guys uh, gone and, and moved to other teams and returned for prospects or draft picks. What is, what have the ducks kind of looked like uh, now that we're about a week removed from the NHL trade deadline? 
uh, piecing together whatever players they have left. That's what that's what it's looked like. It's looked like there's been some weird usage. There's been some weird lineup combinations, especially related to Trevor Zegras, which might cost him the Calder Trophy. Unfortunately, I mean, they're Dallas Eakins is putting Trevor Zegras on a line with Derek Grant, who's I not exactly a first or second line player. And he's taking away all the face-offs from Zegris and kind of hindering that line. So that's been part of it, I guess. I guess the other part of it is now all these other scorers are gone. Who's going to come up? It's basically a lot of guys from the San Diego goals that have come up and played with the Ducks this season. I'm looking at goaltending. Lukash Dostal, who's been terrific with the goals. Josh Mahura, he's come Simon Benoit. You have um, the former goals captain, Sam Carrick, who's been great with them. Vinny Letary. I mean, I could go on. It's just a few AHL guys rounding out the roster right now. That's what's going on. Yeah, I feel like that's got to be good experience. You know, at this point in the season, it seems like Anaheim is kind of, you know, falling out of the playoff race. But, you know, getting these AHL guys some experience at the top level uh, got to be beneficial for their development for the seasons to come, I imagine. For what it's worth, I mean, it'll be good for development in the long run because the new GM, well, actually the old GM, Bob Murray, actually used the term rebuild, finally used the term rebuild, <laughs> and then he's gone. So now you have new GM, Pat Verbeek, who is not messing around. And he said, no, we're going to either re-sign these guys or we're going to trade them because they're going to be free agents at the end of the season anyway. May as well get something out of that. And what the Ducks got was a plethora of draft picks this season and next season. So it's good for the future. I, I like where the team is going dot, dot, dot in two to three years for what it's worth. And you already have a young core with, you know, you have Trevor Zegras, Jamie Drysdale, Troy Terry is still very young. Sonny Milano is still young. You got a lot of really good players. And then you have up and comers like Drew Hellison. You have Jacob Perot, who has been terrific with San Diego, played one game with the Ducks this season, 11 minutes. That's it, 11 minutes in a game. And you put him on a line with Zegras and Milano for eight of those minutes. That's what dreams are made of. You had Perot, Zegras, and Milano in a line, and they looked really good for those eight minutes. And then Dallas Eakins did what he's been doing the last couple seasons. Yeah, that seems like uh, Milano and, and Zegers. I mean, it's hard to ask for, you know, better line mates on that uh, that Anaheim roster for sure. So uh, it seems like, you know, frustrating as it is. Uh, I, I totally agree just from what I know from the Ducks this season, which isn't a lot because, believe it or not, we don't get a whole lot of Ducks broadcast out here in Texas. But, you know, they're just one of the teams that I continually look at and say, you know, they maybe, you know, aren't playoff team now, but in the next few years, uh, they're certainly a team to be on the lookout for. And I think this Ducks team, even earlier on in the year, was was showing that with, you know, how tight the Pacific has ended up being this season. You know, it even San Jose was hanging tight for a little bit, but now yeah. it's just kind of getting to that point in the year where teams are starting to separate themselves or, you know, or rise up or fall out just like Vegas. And I know, uh, of course, you guys involved with that whole Dodonov trade that never actually ended up developing. What were kind of your thoughts on that? Because I feel like we got a whole bunch of reaction from the Vegas side of things because it's an incredibly awkward situation. How did you view the trade that was not uh, with Dodonov? Ah! <laughs> 
could have had Dodonov and could have had another second round pick. But now we lose out on another pick. Ah. And then, oh, to top it off, to see Dodonov score the game winning goal for Vegas. Yeah, good for the former duck, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, now now we know. Now we know both sides of the story because, yeah, just one of the weirder, as if the, the trade deadline isn't chaotic enough, you throw in that storyline of, uh, you know, the 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 nitty gritty of, of contracts and actually seeing a no trade clause actually come into effect. You hear that term all the time, but to yeah. actually see it get played out in, in such a weird, you know, a jam-packed day already, just absolutely insane. And kind of shifting gear to, to some of the guys you named a second ago uh, and just kind of talking about their performance on the year. Troy Terry uh, leading the team in points right now. What have you liked from him overall this season? Obviously, like I said, leading the team in points, so the offensive production is there. But just for the Stars fans listening, getting prepared to watch this game, what is so special about him as a player? Well, these games are going to be important for Troy Terry because he's got 30 goals this season. The first time that a Duck has scored 30 goals in a season since the recently departed Ricard Raquel, who did it twice in a row, 2018-2017. So now Troy Terry is on that list. And he wants to get to 35-40 goals because now it's starting to get into air that hasn't been seen here in Anaheim since the days of Corey Perry, since the days of Tamu Solani. Troy Terry is kind of a systematic player at times. But one thing that I've noticed with Troy Terry, he is playing with way more confidence, folks. You look at a guy that has not shown those numbers in previous seasons. He, in fact, spent some time with San Diego more or no more than three seasons ago. And to see the shooting percentage go up is great. But to see the confidence in his play is tremendous. He crashes the net a little bit more. He works his way around, I guess, around the slot area more to get those better opportunities and not afraid to get in those areas and also not afraid to bump elbows a little bit and get in the high slot and also not afraid to take the shot. Two seasons ago, I could count on many hands the amount of times where I said, Troy Terry, shoot the unit puck. And he just didn't do it. He would pass. And I'm like, no, nah, Troy, what are you doing? Frustrating me. It, it was frustrating to watch. And last but season there was some glimpses of him starting to take control. So I made the prediction back in October, maybe a week before the season started. I said, Troy Terry's going to bust out and score 25 to 30 goals this season. Yeah, it actually came true because I was that confident in the kid. I saw the kind of movement he was making. He actually got a little bit more muscle on him and the skating ability looks better. So it's just the way he's looked, the confidence big time reasons why I think Terry is going to be good, not just this season, but for a while. Yeah, that certainly seems to be the case. So like you look at his stats over the years, which, you know, obviously still has most of his career ahead of him. He's trended upward pretty much every single year. And so I think this is a, a good sign for things to come, of yep. course, for the the Ducks organization. And, you know, props to you for, for noticing that potential. And now, you know, you, you nailed it right on the head, a 25 to 30 goal season. And if not more, I mean, there's definitely still a lot of time for him to get to that 35, 40 goal mark, especially, uh, you know, with the help of guys on his team and uh, the guys that he's playing with. And that includes yep. the last guy I want to talk about, of course, uh, Trevor Zegras, who I, who I feel like draws more attention just because of some of the plays he's made. He's a, a walking highlight reel, as many have described him, but kind of the same question. 
what's special about Zegris outside of, you know, the Michigan type place that we see from him just as a player, what has made him so special and has him in at least the conversation for the Calder trophy? Well, let's see. Should we talk about the Michigan play? Should we talk about the flying Z? Should we talk about the fake Michigan that he had with the goals in Irvine? Can we talk about the toe lip goal that he scored against the rain in El Segundo? I mean, there's just so many. There was the play in the skills competition. Oh, you mean actual, you mean actual <laughs> fundamental hockey <laughs> before games. Every time he does almost the same thing where he will do puck handling drills and he will do flipping drills and he will do sauce passes to anyone and everyone. So he puts in the work big time. And I want all like everybody watching this, like tell your kids that want to play hockey, always work on the fundamentals first because that comes in handy and you could just go off of that. So that's part of it. And in his routine, he he does this during practice. He does it during warmups. Well, he'll kind of like do a fake Michigan or he'll do like a flip pass, kind of like that that flip pass over the net to Sonny Milano. He practices that, folks. He started practicing that last season in San Diego. He was practicing that two years ago in, in Harvard. Or not Harvard. Like a game at Harvard when Boston was playing. And I think I saw uh, someone had posted this where it was a game at Harvard. And Trevor Zegers was, was practicing that. So this is nothing new, folks. It's just finally coming to fruition. So that's what makes it special is the fundamentals and, and the vision. The vision is, I think, what makes him the most special. He will be like that chess master that is three moves ahead where he will see, he'll see Troy Terry on the rare occasion that Terry and Zegers play together, which isn't often, by the way maybe once in a while this season, but to see him on a move with Vanilla Terry, for example, or most importantly, Sonny Milano, who we don't talk about enough, who's out right now, the connection between those two, they know where each other is at all times. And that's part of why I think makes that tandem very special and they should not be split up ever, despite Dallas Eakins. Don't split them up. Yeah, certainly sounds like a special player. And you love to see uh, the young guys, you know, being all about the fundamentals and and truly working to improve. I mean, it seems like he's already such a standout player. And even like you said before, he got to the NHL. But that that drive and that determination to continue to get better is uh, a promising sign for a guy like him that's looking to be, you know, the face of the franchise or one of the faces of this franchise. So I, I know I imagine you're excited about that. And I know Anaheim Ducks fans probably also very excited for that. I'm excited. And this is going to sound mean. I'm excited once Dallas Eakins leaves. <laughs> this is the last year of his contract. I don't think he's coming back. The only thing that's holding Zegris back is Dallas Eakins, putting him on some weird lines or earlier this season, and especially last season, getting benched. Like, how could you bench one of the best young players in hockey? Luckily, it's not happening as much anymore. But earlier, even earlier this season, Zegers would spend an entire period on the bench. So I'm most excited about what's to come after this season. That's when I think Zegers is really, really going to shine. Yeah, that's a crazy part about it is if he's doing this now with the limitations, 
what you know what can he do without getting benched without getting put on weird lines so that's a, a exciting thing for ducks fans and a terrifying thing for the other 31 teams around the nhl but we're going to continue this conversation talking about these two teams ahead of tonight's matchup but first we're going to take a quick break uh, and say thank you to one of our sponsors yeah let's talk about bet online which is where the game starts. It's the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. They have more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And that includes March Madness, baby. And I don't know if you're a big college basketball fan, but it's the final four this coming week. And that will determine this year's national champion, whether it is Duke, North Carolina. It could be Duke in Mike Krzyzewski's final one. So, you know, Bet Online has all your sports info, the latest odds, contests. It has the spot for your latest developments, including podcasts and reviews. It's not just basketball. It's not just March Madness, baby. But it has boxing, hockey, baseball, by the way. Albert Pujols back with the Cardinals, the NBA. All those sports are there, and Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs. If you want to check out the latest lines, including March Madness, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. But we'll, we'll, we'll flip the script now, and uh, I'll, I'll now field any questions you might have about this Stars team again. I mean, I feel like just so many questions could come from either side because these teams, like I said, haven't seen each other in over two years. I mean, so the biggest question right now has to be about the upcoming playoffs because the stars are right there. What do you think is going to be the biggest driving point to get the stars over the hump to the playoffs? Because they've got some guys that are out. They've got a guy that's out with mono. I mm -hmm. didn't think I would say that sentence, but that's a thing that happened. Um, what's going to be the turning point for the stars to get into the playoffs? Yeah, as of right now, the the biggest you know determining factor for the stars postseason success or even getting to the postseason has to be their power play. It started out this season not too great, but then in the middle of the season, it was like a top five unit in the league. And then as of late, really, you know, in the past month or so, uh, it's just dropped out of nowhere. And it's almost, you know, to the point I said on Monday's episode of Locked on Stars that I don't even get excited anymore when they go on the man advantage because the stars can't enter the zone on the power play. And then even when they do, they just aren't smart with the puck. Uh, and, it, and it's just frustrating to watch because they have so many good offensive weapons and Pavelski, Hintz, Robertson, even Sagan, who's had uh, a nice turnaround to his season after the All-Star break. They just can't seem to get it figured out. And I think part of that is due to Miro Haskinen being out with Mono, like you said. He's been a guy that's typically on either that first or second unit, kind of gets shuffled around with John Klingberg. So that, that's going to be the biggest driving factor because the defense is always going to do what it does for the Dallas Stars. Always kind of been a defensive-minded team. The goalies, you know, Jake Ottinger has, you know, come along and been a really good story for the Stars this season. And then the addition yep. of Scott Wedgwood at the deadline from Arizona, one game in, seems to be paying dividends. He shut down the Carolina Hurricanes the other night and stole a win from them. And the Stars had like 15 shots on goal and won that game in a shootout. And he faced like 45 shots. So uh, he seems to be, you know, for when we gave up like a 2023 conditional third round pick for him. So, you know, there goes with, my with second Braden, question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Braden Holtzby being out, we seem to be fine there. So it's really going to come down to the offense overall, but especially the power play, because as much as Dallas seems to get penalized, which is 
tending to be about three or four times a game. Uh, it's just inexcusable to go 0-4 on the power play in any of their games. So that's really going to need to be you know, the turning point and the driving factor for this team going forward. By the way, do I spy a Hiskinen jersey in the background there? Is that a current jersey? You do, yes. That is a, a current jersey that I got back in December. Uh, it was a, a birthday gift from my parents. So I got it, and he you know, was playing fine. And then uh, next thing you know, he has mono. <laughs> yep. So you and I have something in common, by the way, which I guess I could talk about. Like, We'll save the frivolity in the end. Um, but actually, my question was about Wedgwood because that's someone that I'd seen a lot of because I covered the American Hockey League. Mm -hmm. And Wedgwood had played a lot of AHL ho hockey. Some down here with the Tucson Roadrunners. Yay. And he looked good there, too. And, you know, good for him to get the opportunity for the Stars right now. Um, I guess my question is, how much confidence do you have? Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like the Stars, going into the trade deadline, I didn't think they were really going to make any moves. And let, before Miro Haskinen got sick, they I thought they might move John Klingberg. Uh, there had been a bunch of rumors circulating his name. And so really just with that trade, I, I feel pretty confident going forward that, you know, if Braden Holtby isn't able to come back after this season, whether it's due to injury or he signs with another team, if the Stars can hold on to Wedgwood for not a whole lot of money, I think that that would be a pretty, you know, good situation for them. And obviously they got Vlad Nemestikov as well from Detroit. He's only played two games. He's done fine. He hasn't, you know, put up anything, you know, big numbers, but he's also playing a middle six role and the stars have just been a top line heavy team all season. So yeah, Wedgwood, it's, I was kind of nervous. I mean, cause he's coming from Arizona. And so it's, you look at the stats, but the stats aren't that great. But then you also have to take into account that he's got a Coyotes defense playing there. And so, and he also, and I say that he, uh, he shut down the stars the last time they, they played Arizona. And so, but the stars can make any goalie look good just because of their, uh, you know, inadequacies on offense throughout the season. So I, I'm pretty confident in him going forward. I think that that first game out for him, despite facing nearly 50 shots in his first matchup, I mean, he just made some unreal saves, really acrobatic, like highlight real saves that you'll probably see at the end yep. of the season and even going into the next that. You know, alongside Jake Ottinger, I think that that's a, a really good duo. And if this team can make it to the playoffs, I think there's a lot of confidence from the fan base, but also the team that as long as one of those two guys is between the pipes that the Stars have a chance to win just about any game that they're in. Which goes into one of my other questions. Assuming, assuming they make the playoffs and hopefully pass Vegas. By the way, we hate Vegas around here in Southern California. Like Kings fans, Ducks fans, we hate Vegas. So... We're actually pulling for the stars right now. <laughs> there, there are a couple of fans on Twitter that said, "Do we, do we want to win these games? Like, do do we want to? Maybe if the Ducks lose, they'll get a better draft pick, and Vegas miss the playoffs. So it could be a win-win there." That's uh, that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, if, if the stars <laughs> can get four points out of these games, and you know. Uh, they have two more road games after this in San Jose and Seattle and get a good start to the road trip. You know, we win in that regard, but then, yeah, like you said, you guys get a chance at a better draft pick. Vegas potentially misses out on the playoffs. It also helps, you know, move Vancouver a little bit down. They're starting to creep up after beating the stars on Saturday. So I, in yeah. my, in my eyes, and it looks like your eyes too, everyone would win. Uh, people in Vegas and Vancouver might feel differently, but they're not here to, to voice their opinions on that. But Vancouver is not ready yet. And, Vegas, I could see on the slow descent to where they were supposed to be as a first-year expansion team, down in mediocrity, which is where Seattle is right now. I feel bad saying that. 
Um, my final question on this is, assuming they make, they make the playoffs, which goalie do you think will get the majority of the starts, and why is it Jake Ottinger? Yeah, you you <laughs> took the answer right out of my mouth. It will be Jake Ottinger, one, because he's earned it. I mean, he th- this season has been so bizarre with goalies. It's It was one of the heavy talking points during training camp because at the time we had four guys on the roster. Ottinger started out in the AHL down with the Texas Stars because we thought yep. Ben Bishop was going to come back. Anton Hudobin was seemingly healthy. And then, of course, we had signed Braden Holtzby from Vancouver over the summer. So it was like, okay, Ottinger gets a year at the AHL to develop. Ben Bishop's eventually going to come back and do Ben Bishop things, but then that never really happened. He he played one conditioning game in, in the AHL and gave up eight goals and retired a few days later. Just his body can no longer play. And Anton Hudobin has now had season-ending surgery. Holtzby is now on the LTIR. So I, I think through all the adversity that Jake Ottinger has kind of had to tussle through this season, he's earned it in that regard, but also just with his play on the ice. I mean, there's been several games that the stars have won or at least been competitive in because of his efforts. I mean, I, I don't think it's too far fetched to say that, you know, even next season that, that he could very realistically be a Vesna caliber goalie. I think if he'd been playing from, you know, day one of the season that he could be in that conversation, if it weren't for Igor Shesterkin, uh, you know, cause he's just been that good, which is insane because he's only 22 years old. Uh, but I think he's also benefited from having the mentorship of, Ben Bishop, Anton Hudobin, and Braden Holtby, who all have you know been deep in the playoffs and even in the Stanley Cup Finals before. Uh, not a whole lot of young goalies can have can say that they've had you know teachers like that within their organization to kind of show them the ropes. Yeah, I mean the development has been accelerated because I saw him play down in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked fine in the AHL, and I could see I could see it there. Um, kind of similar to one of the Ducks' young goalie prospects and Lukas Dostal. And there's kind of that similar thing where Dostal's getting brought up with Gibson and Stolarz mentoring him as well. So it's good to see these young goaltenders. I would love to see Dostal play against Ottinger at some point. That would be a fun one to watch. Yeah, so, I and yeah, I think it could realistically happen at the NHL level pretty soon if if Dostal makes the jump here in the next you know year, two years, or whatever. I, I think that'd be really exciting. And that's that's the best part is. Uh, Ottinger's already gone toe to toe with a lot of the older veteran goalies in the league. There was a game against Chicago that ended in a one zero shootout against Mark Andre Fleury. He yep. and Connor Hellebuck have gone at it several times. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, the one time we played Tampa Bay it was, it was fairly close up until the end and Dallas had to pull Jake Ottinger, but he's shown that, you know, there's not a whole lot of fear of, or intimidation from, from goalies, you know, on the other side of the ice, he's always excited for, for a new challenge and, you know, doesn't back down to anybody, which is admirable again for his age. I mean, he's, younger than I am, which a lot of guys on the stars roster are, uh, which is, you know, humbling a lot of times, but really, really exciting and encouraging. Why do you think I always say hashtag let the kids play? I feel the same (laughs) way. (laughs) Yeah. No, no more of certain guys on the roster anymore. We got to say thank you to another sponsor of today's episode. And that is of course, rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and they are a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything that you could possibly need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Well, I know uh, that, you know, we have two games coming up. And so we got, we of course got to throw out some predictions for how we think this is going to go down. I know we kind of already teased the, the ideal situation for all parties involved, but as we know, this is the NHL and we got to expect the unexpected. So how do you see these games shaping out? Sorry, Ducks fans. I think it's going to be 11 losses in a row. Dallas is just way more focused right now. I, I look at their recent games and that was a big, big win against the Carolina Hurricanes the other day. That that game, I actually sat down and watched the end of it and the way they kind of came together and pulled throughout the end. I thought that was a big time win for them. Then winning against the Capitals, who are another playoff team and beating the Oilers. Yes, there was that Vancouver loss. But those other three games that I mentioned, they're starting to come together at the right time. They've won, I want to say, three of the last four games. Hmm. So I think Dallas is going to win both games, but I think one of them goes overtime. So I think they're going to, unfortunately, I'm kidding. They're going to allow the Ducks (laughs) at least one point. So I say the Stars win one game, five to two. And the other four, three in overtime. All right. I I know the stars would definitely take that. I feel like this is one of those starts to the road trips. I know I mentioned that this is the start of a four game road trip for the stars out on the West Coast. So uh, RIP my sleep schedule. I think every game starts at nine. But regardless, I, I think it would be a success here in Anaheim if they can get out with at least three points, even if one of these games does go to OT and, you know, they maybe take a loss. I think three out of four points, definitely not bad against the team like you said, on paper, that that the Stars should beat uh, just because of where they're at, what's at stake. And, you know, I, I do agree. The Vancouver loss looks bad. And also, uh, the 4-1 loss is a little misleading because there were two empty net goals scored there. Yep. So you got to take that into account. But, I, yeah, you're totally right. The, the team is seeming to come together at the right time. Those are three hard-fought wins before that Vancouver game. You know, on the road in Washington is always difficult. And then the Oilers, I mean, they have – two of the best players on the planet. And then, you know, they had to come back and beat them. They were down three, two with five minutes left and they ended up coming back and winning that game five, three. And then, you know, the, the Carolina game, like you said, uh, crazy how they came together in that one. I I've made the argument that they probably shouldn't have won that game or even been in it, but I don't know Scott, how they won it. I, Scott Wedgwood is, is how they won it. And Rope hints. He, he scored yeah. two of the goals that tied the game. And, uh, you know, you, you definitely can live with that. And then Wedgwood went three for three in the shootout. So, He's uh he's definitely the the hero of that game, but you got to sprinkle in a little Rupe hence love because he's been hot as of late, and so I expect him to be one of the guys that steps up in these two games and hopefully you know at least record you know multiple points in each game, maybe maybe two uh, two or three. I know that can be you know hard to do, but I think also the stars they've just been on the road almost the entire month of March. They've only had four home games and I think like ten road games, so. Uh, I think that they've almost just grown comfortable playing away from home and then getting to play in the same city and not have to travel between games, I think will be beneficial for them. And so if they can get out to a hot start and win the first game, I think that they'll be, you know, they get that day off on Wednesday and then they'll come back Thursday and and hopefully still keep that same competitive edge and and come away from Southern California with two or four points. Uh, that's definitely the ideal situation because the Sharks gave us some trouble the last time we matched up. And so we need all the momentum we can get uh, going into that game for sure. Oh, you know they're going to Disneyland on Wednesday. <laughs> it's it's I, right I, there. 
I sure hope so. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, some of those guys probably still haven't been. We have some, you know, a lot of young guys on the team that probably haven't been in America for too long I'm and with everything shut down. Yeah, you may as well. Yeah, take the day off and, and go ride some roller coasters and eat a funnel cake or something. I, I haven't oh. been to Disneyland in a long time. I assume they have funnel cakes excited there. excited to be back. Oh, man. <laughs> this dog's hey, excited to be back. Do you have any better. predictions? Yeah, that's the prediction. I think I saw uh, Trevor Zegers with at least two goals across across both games there. So we'll see. I am excited to get to watch him play. I feel like this will be like the first game I get yep. to to sit down and watch Zegers and and Terry and Milano kind of actually do their thing, not just highlights on on social media. So I am excited for that to kind of see the the future that's being built in Anaheim. Well, I mean, there's one unfortunate thing: Milano's hurt right now, so it might just you be Zegers. You trying, mentioned that. Hey, I, I can live with that himself. Well, but I, hey. <laughs> gets he's back gets lop is back oh yeah yeah that There's is that. true and I've, yeah i forgot you mentioned the that milano will be out so unfortunately I, I don't know how long he's out i know the last game of the season for the stars is against anaheim back home in dallas so i don't know if he'll be back in time for that or if he's done for the rest of the season yeah, i don't know it'll be deep in the heart of texas <laughs> so let's end on some frivolity here because um i mentioned this earlier that we both have the same jersey this like out stars jersey yeah um yours is also jamie ben was that out of choice or it was it was i already had like too many tyler sagan jerseys and when i got it it was kind of like i didn't really know who else to get because jason robertson hadn't like broken out yet rope hints was still kind of like a you know what kind of potential does he have pavelski just feels weird because it's like he's a star now but he still very much feels like a san jose shark long term uh mm -hmm. so yeah, Jamie Ben by choice, and it's the only Ben jersey I actually have. So, captain of the team, it uh, it only seemed fitting. <laughs> um, would you believe I got that as a gift? The the and one that you have. Not a very and for a um. So one of the spots, uh, one of my colleagues, uh -huh. who you know, he 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 tries a modified bubble. That was one of the jerseys I was making the most fun of because I said it looked like a fluorescent highlighter the entire time. And I was making fun of that jersey for pretty much the entire year on the headset. Oh, it's one of the worst jerseys out there. It just looks too bright. It looks in the dark. It's probably radioactive. You could probably put on top of radioactive in the Simpsons. <laughs> and that'd be your jersey. So I did it for a while. And then come the end of the season, and I get this back. I'm like, what's in this bag? And then I look. I'm like, I look. I'm like, what? I'm like, why? I said, because you made fun <laughs> of it, I got you this as a gift. That's incredible. Hey, so that's I mean, a free NHL a jersey is a blackout stars jersey. Hey, you I have a free NHL jersey is a free jersey because those are those are expensive. So that's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, pretty interesting debacle there. Maybe I should, uh, make fun of some jerseys it's, to other people and, and see what happens. <laughs> it's still though. Oh, like absolutely. I've gone, I, I've I, gone I, from hating. <laughs> like why? Yeah, they it was mixed jersey, feelings when they understand. came out. You too? I will say they look they look better when they're actually playing in them. I don't know if it's the lighting in the arena, but they, they look better when they're in action than they do like on your wall or even whenever they released the photos of them when they first came out they there was so much hype and promotion about the release day and then they came out and everyone 
they thought the same thing. They're like, it's just a green highlighter on a, a black canvas. Yeah. Yeah. And I've gone from hating them to tolerating them. That's where I'm at with the stars jerseys, those blackout ones right now. I'm like, okay, they're, they're a thing they tried. It's, it's very, <laughs> it's definitely different, which it's, it was a breath of fresh air. And even the reverse retro, I feel like was the same way for the stars. Those were really nice. The, the all white, but kind of the, the throwback to the Madonna era Dallas stars, kind of a, a good look. And I know they're bringing back reverse retro again next season. So I'm excited to, to see what the designs are for all, all the teams. Cause there was some pretty clean looks gonna, across the league last year. I'm going to say it. Don't hate me for this. Would it be if for the reverse retros, they brought back the Mooderous Jersey, but lights. No, the, the fan base would love it. That That's what they were asking for with the first round of reverse retro. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if the NHL has heard the cry of the people. <laughs> I guess. But for the Ducks, you got to bring back Wild Wing. You got to bring back the OG jersey. It's the best one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the, the NHL just gets it all right for all, all the teams. But someone's going to get a, someone's going to get played. I don't know who it is, but... <laughs> Some someone's gonna get the short end of the stick. Absolutely. Yeah, since always happen. But JD, thank you so much for crossing over. This was a ton of fun, and uh, maybe we'll get to to link up again when these teams meet in Dallas at the end of the season. Oh, for sure. Um, so you could find me. My Twitter is right down there <laughs> at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at lo underscore ducks. So that's where you can find both Twitters. Yeah, and then for myself, I'm just on Twitter at Dane Double underscore Lewis. You can see it. Oh man, this is hard. Right there, right below me. And then the the show's Twitter at Locked On Stars as well. So if you need more information on the Dallas Stars, you can always find it there. JD, thank you so much again, and uh, I hope you have a great day. You're welcome, and let's have some fun these two games.